welcome back for season two of the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you with tips and strategies to help you deepen your faith, build stronger relationships, and do the most with your life in Christ. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome back to the program. Today's episode is titled, Science of Self-Control. We're going to study that word in, I think, fairly great depth today. We will ultimately be answering three important questions. One, what is self-control? Two, what are some things we can do just instantly better if we gained greater self-control? And then lastly, What are some practical things we can do right now to get better at it if it's something that you are struggling with? Our title is actually a short representation of an article that I read today. I loved the article, and I'm excited to share some of its content. It was written by a man named Darius Foreau. That's F-O-R-O-U-X. The article is titled, The Science of of developing self-control in life. It is a tremendous read. I will be sure and attach it in some way. If you are signed up for the Thursday emails, I'll make sure there's a link there. Be sure and get your email address to me however you can if you'd like to be added to that. And I'll also find a way to attach it to the Facebook page or something like that. The content is rich. I have a few things to add and I hope you enjoy it today. I'm pretty sure this word gets us all. I have rarely spoken to anyone who said, I've got this self-control thing all figured out. Actually, to be perfectly honest, I know one man in my life who I think would tell you he's got self-control nearly mastered, and he's the one who sent me this article today. So it couldn't have come with higher recommendation for me. Now, before we get into answering the three big questions today, I want to talk to you about self-control from a New Testament biblical standpoint, which is not something that was emphasized in any way in that particular article. Self-control is important for the Christian. Everybody knows that. But I just want to be clear, and I hope I'm not watering down the idea of pursuing self-control today. Something tells me you won't get that out of these next few comments. But self-control is not everything. It's not like if you don't get great at self-control, you're a nobody, or you will never be able to be a Christian, or God can't use you. That's not true. You may fight self-control your entire life. When I give you the definition here in a few minutes, you may be like, wow, I may never get there. When I talk to you about the things you can do with self-control, you may listen to me and think, I will rarely ever be able to do those things. Now, you should be pursuing it, no question. We pursue all of the ideals of the character that God teaches. But self-control is not the entire ideal of a Christian, the centerpiece that's required to make anything else work. It just isn't. And to illustrate that to you, I want to share with you one list from the New Testament. Are you familiar with the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5? There are nine things listed there. Do you remember them? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Now there's our word. It's a part of the fruit of the Spirit. You need it. The better you develop it, the better off you'll be on achieving your goals. 
but it's just the last thing mentioned in a great list that starts with love. Maybe you're someone who is excellent at loving people, at living with great joy. You're incredibly patient, whatever it might be. And while self-control problems may be holding you back, you can still be valuable to God as you excel in these other areas. We want to work on all of these things, and all of them are equally important. All I'm saying here is don't get down on yourself if this is one of the most difficult battles in your growth. Lean on the other areas of strength, but don't overlook this. Don't define yourself a failure if self-control is hard. But also understand that self-control is really important to get you to the next level of what God wants you to be for His service. There are things in your life that you would like to see happen that will not happen until you learn the art of self-control and how to build it. I think these next 10 minutes or so should be helpful. But do not get discouraged. As if your ability to master the information you're about to get is the only way you can be valuable to God. It is not. Building a balanced life of all of the qualities of God, emphasizing those in which you are strong, utilizing them to the best of your ability, and then doing everything you can to get better where you fail. That's what God is looking for. If you're like me, self-control just happens to be one of those weaker items on the list. And I know, and I could list for you, things that I want to do this year that I know I can do if I get better at this. So let's jump right in. Three questions. Question one, what is self-control? There are lots of definitions, but I really like the one from this article. It's just two prongs that fit together. Self-control in your life is your ability to resist temptation and control your emotions. I really like this basic definition. Sometimes self-control is this indescript thing. You can't really put your finger on what it is. You just know that other people have it, and sometimes you don't. Well, now you can think about it in terms of two very practical things. Firstly is your ability to resist temptations. Largely, this is the part of the definition that is outside of you and me. Temptations, for the most part, are around us. They draw our eye. They draw our touch. They draw our thinking and our attention. Maybe it's a donut. Maybe it's another human being. Temptation is something the devil puts before us to try to draw us away from where we need to be, where we know that we need to be. And self-control is the ability to look at a thing, whatever it is, and identify that thing as a temptation. This is not good for me. Reaching out and doing this thing is not something that honors God, and I will resist it. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be awesome if we were able to have the presence of mind to categorize the thing in front of us as a work of the devil and then choose not to go after it. That is the first half of self-control and begins to reveal why it's so important. The second is more internal. Not just resist temptation, but exercise control over our emotions. And truth be told, this may be the harder of the two. Anger, frustration, jealousy, 
lust. These are all things that well up inside of us. The book of James talks about this in chapter one. These things start to be born inside of us. They're emotions, they're feelings, and we let them go and we feel like we can't stop them from growing. And before long, they give birth to sin as we pursue these temptations. A major exercise in self-control will happen on the inside. Before anything is ever put in front of you, you pray about, read about, think about controlling how you feel. Are you angry? Got it. Control that. Are you frustrated? Are you jealous, envious? Do you feel attraction or lust? Got it. That's an emotion that's in you. Control it. Our ability to do that, coupled with the resisting of things we identify externally that are not good for us, think about where you can go as a Christian if you got good at both of these things. And by the way, I don't just mean not doing bad stuff. A better grip on all of this will help you do more great things. You will resist the temptation around you to lay on that comfortable couch instead of going outside and getting a walk in. That emotion that says, I feel sorry for myself. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. You will say, I have to control that. That won't help me in any possible way. And so what I think is greatest, for me at least, about growth in self-control over the past couple of years since we've been making these episodes is not that it's kept me from doing wrong things, though in truth it has. It has removed the obstacles that were keeping me from doing important things, things that I knew needed to be done. So as we move into this second section answering this question, what are some things that greater self-control helps us do? They're mostly about accomplishing great things, not just avoiding pitfalls. Here's a list of four things. Let me give it to you, and then I'll slowly speak to each. Self-control plays a crucial role in deliberate practice, forward planning, energy investment, and tolerating discomfort. Now we're starting to get practical, not just theoretical, on the value of self-control. If I fail to develop this, I will not practice things that can help me get better. I will not plan for today or tomorrow or this week. I will not invest my time and energy into directions that need it, and I will let any level of discomfort stop me. That sounds awful. Pretty much everything I want to do in growing my faith, cultivating deeper friendships, getting a grip on my finances, or maybe even affecting my fitness is all gone. Somebody says, why aren't you doing well at that? You say, well, I don't have any self-control. Well, yeah, that's technically true, but it's not just that lack of ability to resist temptation and control your emotions. It's that those lack of abilities are keeping you from doing four things that are tested, tried, and true as difference makers. So if you feel like you are growing in self-control, or you'd like to, Put that to the test. Let's let that effort make some great results. Do these four things. Number one, deliberate practice. 
actually start doing something every day on purpose that matters. If it has to do with faith, it may be morning Bible read. If it has to do with friendships, it may be sending out a daily text of encouragement to someone. If it has to do with finances or fitness, it's something that you deliberately decide to do. Listen, we don't get better at any of that stuff on accident or randomly or occasionally. Those are words of lethargy. We want to excel still more. So first of all, self-control ought to be showing up by deliberate practice. Secondly, forward planning. You know I journal every day, talk about it a lot. I write down goals for the day. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to work this afternoon, and I'm going to record an episode called Science of Self-Control. And I'm doing that. Not only am I being deliberate, but I'm planning for the future. I know what I want to do on Sunday in addition to the preaching that I think will honor God. Do you have a plan for things that you want to accomplish in the short term and the long? Self-control will help you with that. Number three, time and energy investment. We've got to get away from the pipe dream stuff, the casual conversation aspirations. We've got to really put something into this. Self-control says, I only have so much time and so much energy, and I'm going to actually take those two things from something else, which could be the couch, I don't know, and I'm going to put it, invest it into something where I know it will actually pay off. Self-control helps with that. And then lastly, tolerating discomfort. Discomfort has stopped many a people from progress, but there is literally not a single thing you will get great at or you will excel in for God that will not involve some level of discomfort. As you change, as you grow, as you push through the limitations that have held you back. A lot of people give up at that point. But self-control says, I have to control the emotion that doesn't like discomfort and start to feel sorry for myself. And I have to understand that the temptation to quit, even if encouraged by others, is exactly that, a temptation to quit. And I resist it. So again, if you struggle with self-control, but you excel in love and joy and peace and faithfulness, keep working on all of them. You can still be a great servant for God while you're working on these weaker areas. But are you noticing that the ability to truly excel each day and just get better will require this important quality? So you might be wondering, how do I get better at that? In the Faro article on the science behind self-control, he offers three pretty great things at the end, and while I agree with them, I think there may be a little better way to word it, but just don't forget that his article adds some interesting information you may want to read later. Okay, so do you want more control over your emotions and temptations? Here are three things to think about as we wrap this up. Number one, get very clear on what you really want. This is going to require quiet time to think. It's going to require prayer, maybe some writing things down, some journaling, but you need to get crystal clear on what is important to you because self-control is hard. You're not going to fight for things that you don't really care about. Everybody says they want to read their Bible every day and go to church more, but not a lot of people actually really care about that so the change doesn't last very long. Make sure you are sacrificing for things that are worth sacrificing for. 
you might be able to go through the four F's and do that. What are some things about the development of your faith that are a huge deal for you? What are some friendships that you think really need to improve? What are some things about your finances where it's just genuinely time to quit making excuses and maybe even fitness? Be passionate about what you're working towards or self-control will never come. Does that make sense? I hope it does. The private time I've spent zeroing in on what I really want to do with my life has given me the fire to fight for it. Self-control. Number two, own your circumstances. Nothing will mitigate the growth of self-control more than making excuses. I can't control my emotions, but it's my spouse's fault. I cannot resist temptations. It's the internet's fault. I cannot because. If you're living an I cannot because life, there will always be a reason why you cannot get control of it, and it will sink you. So, number two, own your circumstances. Don't blame it on anybody else. You weigh what you weigh. You're married to whom you're married. You live where you live. Your life is what it is. Take control and make it better. This is your life. Control it. Improve it. Don't waste time complaining about it. And then thirdly, lastly, if you want to get better at self-control, don't make it impossible to do a hard thing. In other words, make it easy to gain self-control. You don't have to make it hard to do a hard thing. You want to make it easy to do a hard thing. You might be like, what in the world are you talking about? Let's take fitness just for an example. Maybe you want to start working out and lose some weight. So you join some program at four o'clock in the morning for an hour and you sign up to run a 5K three days a week. You pack your schedule full with exercise, accountability, and the like, and you jump all in. And then you get mad at yourself a month later when you don't have the self-control to do it. Well, you made it like nearly impossible. Why not make it easier to do a hard thing? Let's say you want more self-control with what you eat or the way you move. Why not work one of those gradual Couch to 5K programs? Why not work the next time you go to the grocery store to just bring a few less sugary things home? You don't just get self-control. You can't force it. You have to grow it, cultivate it, just like love and peace and patience and everything else. So those are three things for you to consider. Number one, make sure you're fighting for something you really care about. Number two, own your circumstances and work from there And number three, make it as easy to succeed in something difficult like self-control as you possibly can. It all comes together to make a more optimistic and productive you. But it all starts with the simple science of self-control. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the program, please remember to share with your family and your friends. Also, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for emails, order the three-month journals, or just catch up on old episodes. So until next time, let me leave you with this. Whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.